Our gospel reading today is taken from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we examine once more the events that surround our Savior's birth, we pray that your Holy Spirit will cause the gospel of Jesus to sink into our hearts and help us to worship him in the right way. And Lord, help us to believe you above all else. And as we anticipate the new year, Lord, help us to trust you and to follow you wherever you lead. Give us hearts of obedience by your Holy Spirit's power in Jesus' name. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and redeemer, amen. Well, uh, throughout the Advent season, uh, the various big players of the nativity have each had their day. We've heard of the faithfulness and the courage of Mary, and we've become well acquainted with the wild, bug-eating, self-deprecating herald of Christ, John the Baptist. And on Christmas Eve, we were reminded of the lowly, humble beginnings of Christ the King as he was born among the animals without a single selfie or Twitter hashtag to announce his birth. But there's one sometimes neglected player in this great uh, drama of redemption. And I imagine that I myself have heard more stories about shepherds or carols about wise men and fictional tales even of camels and cows than I have of this particular man. And as far as I know, there was not a 1991 contemporary Christian music super hit titled, Joseph Did You Know? So it is with some joy and some reserve that today we journey along with the events from Joseph's perspective. Matthew's narrative here takes us through some of the thoughts and actions of Joseph as all these events were beginning to unfold. And then Matthew gives us some good news, and then Matthew tells us a little bit more about Joe. Well, this week, in preparation, I suppose, I ventured online to see what the broader population was saying about Joseph, 
So I searched him on that old standard of misinformation, Wikipedia. And this is not the place to go, I found, for information about Joseph. There are several theories about his age or his life prior to becoming engaged, and I honestly did not get very far before I just clicked that one right away. And in need of a pick-me-up, the next thing I searched was, perhaps you've seen it, a picture meme of a goofy talk show host, Maury Povich, saying, and in the case of baby Jesus, Joseph, you are not the father. Maybe you've not seen that. But neither of those things were very helpful for me. So it was clear that I was probably better to just get off the internet and stick to the text. As you see, as far as historical figures go, there's not a lot that we do concretely know about Joseph. He's in Matthew's gospel, he's in Luke's gospel, but not Mark's. And John says far less than Matthew or Luke. The apostle Paul doesn't mention Joseph at all. So the biblical details are scarce. So rather than too much speculation, maybe a little, but not too much, I think it's best that we focus on what we do know, but we should be assured that we do know enough about Joseph to be inspired and challenged by his testimony. So today, I will speak briefly about two things, or more accurately, two people. One, Joseph, who trusted God, and very, very briefly, Jesus, who saves his people from their sins. So let's look back to what we know. Let's look at the text where Matthew assures us that these events detail how Jesus' birth took place. So Matthew 1, verse 18. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. So betrothed is, is a similar idea to our idea of engagement, but it is certainly a more serious one. But either way, this news is not the news you would want or expect to hear about the one that you intend to marry. Joseph may have heard that the baby was from the Holy Spirit. That's how Matthew put it. Mary was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. We don't know if he had heard this or if he just knew she was pregnant. But let's ponder Joseph's thoughts here. We don't know precisely what he understood had he heard of the Holy Spirit factor. Prior to his angelic visitation, we can't know exactly what was going on in his mind, but I imagine if he had heard the words about this Holy Spirit baby, he possibly had trouble accepting this news. Was it true? Was it not true? Even if he wanted to believe it, we know that he couldn't see a way forward. He only knew for sure that she was with child, and he knew for sure that baby was not his baby. So we can read in verse 19 that being a just man and not willing to put her to shame, he resolved to divorce her quietly. So betrothal was serious enough that divorce was required to break it off. And Joseph felt the situation was serious enough that he saw divorce as his best option. 
But still, as we look at how he planned to do it, we can see he was not a vengeful man. He was not, he was, he was not um, rash. He didn't run around town smearing her name to every open ear. Even, even if, and I don't think he did, even if he thought the very worst of her, and even if he thought that for sure she cheated on him in the worst way, and now she's preggers, and how could he have been such a fool to agree to marry this flusy? Still, he resolved to act quietly. He did not want to put her to shame. And in my imagination, I believe Joseph would have still spoken very well of her, despite this heavy, looming scandal. But perhaps... He was considering his lineage, and he was putting two and two together, and he's like, maybe, eh, there's something here. But really, in the end, who would believe it? I will divorce her. And yet, as real or surreal as the claims may have seemed, still he would not accuse her of lunacy. He would not accuse her of lying. He would not accuse her of being unfaithful. He would not accuse her of anything. He would act quietly. He was a just man. He was a kind man. And he knew that reputations are important, certainly. But I'm also sure that he knew if word got out of her unmarried pr pregnancy, that she would surely see p p punishment at the hand of the law. And so not looking to save his own face, but looking to spare her the shame of her situation, he would divorce her quietly. And yet Joseph would not act rashly or with haste. In fact, Matthew 1, verse 20 tells us that Joseph considered these things. He pondered the best course of action in the midst of this relationship storm. And before he even put his plan into motion, he decided to sleep on it. It's not good to make big decisions when we're tired. And then behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And this angel spoke to him saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now this news would have confirmed what he may have heard concerning Mary's situation, or it may have totally blew his mind. But as unbelievable as it may have sounded, we read in verse 24 that Joseph awoke from this dream, and he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. In the midst of this chaos, Joseph did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. In this crazy, swirling vortex of weirdness, Joseph heard the Lord and obeyed. We don't have Joseph's experience, and he doesn't have ours. For you and me, we talk about his story often. In fact, every week during the creed, we say something about born of a virgin. And then every year, like this year, we speak of it at length, we say things, oh yes, Mary, virgin, conceived a baby, yeah, Holy Spirit, duh, totally. But Joseph did not have this experience. He didn't sing countless carols about his pregnant virgin wife. 
The angel brought news about the Messiah long prophesied, and now it was happening, and he was part of the story. But he heard the word of the Lord, and he believed. And the confusion in the swirling vortex of pregnancy rumors and angel dreams while standing on the edge of redemption of all mankind, he heard the word of the Lord, and he believed. He believed, and he obeyed. So he did what the Lord told him to do. He went against his gut. His gut said, quietly divorce her. But the angel told him something different. The angel commanded him to marry Mary. So Joseph married Mary. He heard the word, and then he obeyed. As the Advent season quickly comes to a close, I want us to remember briefly, uh, I will speak briefly about what the angel said to Joseph about his son, or Foster's son. And this brings me to my very short point number two, that in Matthew 121, the angel reveals the plan of redemption saying, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Of course, this is the good news. Of course, this is the reason for which he came, to gather his sheep, to wash them white as snow. Before the Advent season began in our Romans series, we heard definitively that we have all sinned and we have all fallen short of the glory of God. And we have all sinned. We are all sinning. We will all sin. But Jesus is saving us. Jesus has come for a people. He came for his own people and he gave his life for those people. From his humble beginnings to his humiliating death and to his glorious resurrection, he comes with a purpose to save his people from their sins. This is why we sing glory to God in the highest. Wrapping up. In a couple of days, 2018, 2018, is a thing of the past. It's done. But remember Joseph in this new year. In this new year of 2019, you will have gut feelings. You will have ideas. But I implore you to hear the word of the Lord and obey. And I'm not saying that you will hear via angelic dream state visions, not that. That's Joseph's story. I'm saying that this word of the Lord is available to you every day. And so hear it. But do not be hearers only, but be doers of the word. And that's the best advice that I can give for 2019. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.